It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, January 29th, and you're listening to episode 609. As always, I am your host, Jason. Here today, joined by awesome co-host, Emily Vincent. Hello, Emily Vincent. Hey, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about so, yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, things have been a little crazy. Uh, we have not had school for four days now, so that's a thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> we're recording this a little bit ahead of time, so in case people are like, why didn't you not have school now? Uh, and so it's just been, yeah, things have been a little crazy, and school is really kicking into gear again, and uh it always takes me a few weeks to like the first week is generally easy. And then the second, third and fourth weeks, I just want to scream. I say, usually this is my mm. second semester. Uh, and then uh, after that, it gets not so bad. And then the last like two to three weeks are like, I, wa- I want to quit school. I just want to quit the school. <laughs> so yeah, that, that makes sense. Cause you're either finishing like term papers or headed into like exams. Uh, yeah. Right. That's yes. just, or as we call them, worst signature assignments because that sounds fancier um but really is just a fancy way to say a lot of work that's very specific so yeah 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 i haven't been in school recent enough to have a signature assignment (laughs) that that Um, honestly could just be um our school in our program i don't i'm not sure but um it's like they wanted it to sound fancier than finals so because it's a master's program so like we're gonna make this sound fancy it's a signature um, move there yeah signature move <laughs> Hadouken. um so what are you uh what are you up to how have things been for you um they're good they're really busy um we just so like you said we're a little early so we're coming off of a three-day weekend here where i was doing protospiel online which was just amazing and wonderful and i just had such a great time and was able to engage deeply in a way that I feel like I, I sometimes with Perch Bill Online have other things going on in my life at the same time. Yes, and feel it. And I was just able to really like step away from those uh for this weekend. And then I had the joy of having a Monday off after Perch Bill Online to get my stuff together. Um and that That's was awesome. also really wonderful. So I'm gonna like just uh hey Heather if you're listening, maybe we should always have it on MLK weekend. <laughs> Because then I'll always Monday holidays. Yeah, it can only be on weekends with Monday holidays. I'm sure that doesn't work for lots of people and family vacations and things like that. But yeah, yeah. it was it was wonderful for me. Um, and That's yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm in the throes of trying to get ready uh, to get files shipped for Gamma so that I can have my printed stuff uh, at Gamma, and right. that's just like right. all consuming. Yeah, that's, that sounds like so much to get ready, um, especially because you've never done this before. So it's not like it's a thing you're like, oh, yeah, it's just another unpub or something like that. You know, it's this whole it's this whole thing. Yeah, I'm so I am making lists right now. So I've made a little sketch of what I want my booth to look like. And it's going to have, you know, these a banner and like two posters and like whatever. And then I am making lists of places that I can source those from. And what are the costs versus what are their shipping times and what are the sizes of the things, right? Do I want a two and a half by six foot banner? Do I want a 33 inch by 81 inch banner? You know, whatever. Um, And then there's like, people keep throwing in wrenches of like, there's a place um, that's literally called like China flag makers that you can get all this stuff made in China and it's much less expensive, but then like, it's got to ship from China. And I'm like, do I want to? do I want to risk it? Right. Um, and then I have another spreadsheet that has the longest dimension of each of these things so that I can figure out if they will fit in a suitcase or if I need to like ship it to the hotel. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm playing a, like a polyomino game in my <laughs> luggage with like banners and stuff that I don't have yet that I think I know the dimensions of. And like, I'm like, well, I need a duffel bag. What can I get in two checked bags? Do the floor tiles go checked or do I ship them to the hotel? Like I, I finally figured out I've got a four foot tall banner that doesn't fold any smaller than four feet. That's gotta be shipped, right? There's no way to, there's no luggage that is 
48 inches long and will fit my rolled up banner. So like, right, right, right. Trip to the UPS store. Um, so yeah, this is, this is the game that I'm playing right now. That's, that sounds like a not fun game if I'm being honest. So <laughs> I, I, I was awake at one in the morning after protospiel. And when Eric got up the next morning, I was like, last night I decided that even though I have flights to Louisville, I think I need to drive. Because it'll just be better if I put everything in my car. And like 12 hours later, I took a nap and I was like, no, I can do this without having to drive 15 hours, which will probably actually be, you know, 18 to 20 because of like traffic and stops and stuff. But I was, I was really in a, I was really in a dark place at one in the morning trying to imagine how I was going to pack all of these different dimensions of stuff on a, on a, on a plane. It absolutely happens. I'm super glad that you uh, got everything figured out, um, at least to where you're not losing your mind. That's always <laughs> a bonus when you're not like, oh, about stuff. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that worked out. Um, well, let's talk about a topic, which I'll let you introduce, but I will spoil and say is also related to conventions uh, that you were just talking about. Yeah. No, this is it was a it was a good conversation to lead right in. Um, so. Uh, I've been doing a project for the last year plus where I decided I'd heard about all these different game conventions and I just wanted to go to as many of them as possible so that I could decide which ones I liked and which ones I didn't like. And I, I would hopefully, you know, squash any FOMO, um, by, by knowing what they were and, and what I thought of them. So, uh, starting in December of 22, I was going to a bunch of different things and I thought it'd just be interesting to talk about like where I went, what I thought, what I think they're useful for. I think a lot of people are sort of planning out their convention schedule this year and haven't gotten to go to a bunch of them. So I figured you and I could just share our convention experiences and then people could decide for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And this is, well, I've been to a lot of conventions a lot of times. Um, I did go to quite a few this year and I mean, not nearly as many as you, but, um, but I did like, I knew you were talking about what you were doing. So I did kind of think about assessing a little bit of like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Should I be here? You know, that sort of stuff. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's, uh, I think it's, uh, worth chatting about. Sweet. So I'm going to start back in December when I went to Protospiel Madison um, which it was and still is, I think, the same weekend as PAX Unplugged. And I had all sorts of FOMO because, uh, so I'll step even further back. The last year in June, like in 22, our July, I went to Gen Con for the first time because I was like, I'm getting into board game design. I'm going to go to Gen Con. I had no agenda. I just sort of wandered around and had a great time and it was wonderful. And at Gen Con, uh, and I had planned to go to PAX Unplugged. And at Gen Con, I met JT from the Game Crafter, um, went to the Game Crafter night, and he talked me into going to Protospiel Madison instead of PAX Unplugged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and for me, it was the place that I needed to be that year. It was my first sort of Protospiel, my first game design convention. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say it has the best hot chocolate bar of any game convention that I've gone to. Uh, putting in a plug, <laughs> Madison. Uh, they're very proud of that hot chocolate bar, and they're not wrong. There's also great. I mean, it seems uh, like they should be. Hot chocolate bars are cool. It's it's no, it's hot, Jason. Because um, it's hot chocolate. That's what I just said. You said they're cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's like talking to my it's like talking to my nine year old daughter. That's what, it is. <laughs> That's what it feels like a conversation with you. I'm not gonna lie. That is uh where I'm at right now. <laughs> um but for those who haven't been to a protospiel, it's um there's a day there was a day where there were a bunch of like talks and stuff like that, and that was great. Um but then it's just like you get up, you roll in at like if you're me, eight o'clock in the morning. If you're not me, maybe a little bit later. Um maybe not and... eight AM <laughs> Um and you throw a game down. It's just a room full of tables and wonderful people. And people come, they play your game. Then you pack your game up and you play someone else's. And in the sort of spirit of Protospiel, you know, when you when you have play testers, you know, you have 
for play testers, you sort of owe the community for games, right? And so you go play test other people's stuff. And it's, I just, like, I never left the building. I just, I just stayed there until someone was like, you have to go eat dinner. And I was like, I could just stay and play. You're like, no, I owe more play tests. Right. But it was just, it was just nonstop in a way that for me was very sort of energy building. Um, That's awesome. I just, I don't know. I sort of fell in love with like the community and the people um, there. So I, I haven't been to another physical protospiel. I obviously go to protospiel online um, a mm-hmm. lot, which I guess I should talk about that as one of the conventions I, I went to. Um, but it's it's got a, a slightly different feel when you're just like in the room with people the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I I think it's a great convention for playtesting. Um, I, you know, I think I, I'll talk about the difference between it and Unpub, um, in a little bit when we hit Unpub, but like, right. Yeah. Keen listeners have already determined the difference, but we will dive into that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's vibes, right? It's vibes and people and just everyone's excited. Everyone wants to be helpful. Um, I just wish it would deconflict itself from PAX Unplugged, which I know they're, I know they're hoping and trying to do, but that's are it. they, are they trying? That is good because yeah, I, I've never been to Protospiel Madison, um, but Rob, the old co-host went a long time ago and, and he enjoyed it. It was, um, it was very informal and for mm-hmm. us not to get into the difference between Unpub, but for us, that was a little harder, right? Like yeah. we didn't know anyone. Um, and I think if you don't know anyone that, and you're not an extrovert, that can make that tough. Um, uh, yep. And I think, as much as I hate to admit it, I'm an extrovert. Um, and, yeah. and so as much as I hate to admit it, I am not, I just <laughs> pretend to be, I just play one on a podcast. <laughs> well, I've been pretending to be an introvert for a long time in high school. I was told I was an introvert. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I sort of got like adopted by a couple people. Like one of the folks that I met there, his goal was to be the person who gave the single best piece of feedback to someone and i don't mean that in like it's hard to say but like he was like i want to give feedback to so many people that one of those things that i say right. will be the thing for someone that was like their aha moment right right um and That's so cool. it was really cool right and there was just like a room full of people who wanted to do that but it does have the to your point about you know pros and cons um i have talked to people who are uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. sort of like I just need to say, hey, can I set up my game now? Um, because it, if you don't, if you don't sort of say that, there's lots of people who want to set up their game, and they're not going to know that you wanted to raise your hand, that you wanted to get a game out, which games you have out, you haven't gotten out yet, right? Um, and so it does. If you're the type mm-hmm. of person who's going to be like, oh no, you go first. Oh no, really, you go first. Like, I could see you never getting your game to the table, right? Um, it's true. It's, it is unfortunate, but it is, but it is also the truth. Um, I think that as a side note, uh, extroverts out there, um, or even introverts that pretend to be extroverts, like your job is this, your job is to look at the other people at the table and say, Hey, does anybody else have anything to play? Like, what what do you got to play? Uh, I have harassed many people in a positive way to say like, Hey, I know you have games. Let's play one of your games. Oh, I don't know if we like, no, let's play one of your games. Let's put it on the table. Like you brought it. Right. And um, I feel like if you brought the game, you probably want to play it because uh, you took the effort to it. But I've been that person that's been like, you know what? No, it's fine. Let's just not play my game. We don't need to. I, I'd rather play other people's games. No, yeah. you brought it. You should be a part of it. You should test it, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. let people sell you short on that. Yeah. So I think that leads into uh, Protospiel Online. Right, which I go to multiple times a year, but we're talking about Protospiel. Um, and so that one I love as well. You're gonna, you're, I'm gonna say I love a lot of these. Uh, there's not, <laughs> there's not like ones that I'm like, dude, this one sucked. You should not go to that. Um, but uh, I think most, a lot of people who listen to this have gone to Protospiel online, but it's got that same sort of ethos, right? You go in, you put a uh, game down you play it and then you you know golden rule you give back to the community and you play other people's games mm-hmm. uh the thing that i have loved about protospiel online that i think may have been this time last year 
I was sick as a dog. <laughs> um, but I could still play because I wasn't locked in a convention center with a bunch of people. I could go out and right. get ice cream and go to dinner with my family and then come back and play games until late at night if I wanted to. I could get up early and play games with people on the other side of the world because no one was awake on the East Coast. But, you know. Right, right. They were doing things in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, Heather has always sold that as like a – sold. I mean – talked about that as a selling point. I mean, like actually sold it as like, Oh, awesome. you know what I mean? Like, um, is that it can be international, right? Because you're online, you literally can run 24 hours a day. Uh, and there's always going to be fresh people that want to play games and stuff. And I think that is super duper cool. Yeah. It does not have the greatest hot chocolate bar, um, that I've seen at a convention. Uh, cause I don't have a lot of hot chocolate in my house. So, you know, <laughs> We we had a really good hot chocolate bar here over Christmas. It was it was honestly it was really solid. Like it had more things than I thought we needed on the hot chocolate bar. But um, sure, yeah. I mean, put it all in there. Why not? Yeah. You give me some Anything. hot chocolate and some whipped cream. I'm done. Like that's all I need. So just a lot of ready whip. <laughs> I actually had a a work like holiday party and we got a hot chocolate bar and just they brought they brought chocolate sprinkles which was weird but then they brought crushed up candy canes. And that was we we did that for ours. My daughter was, was very insistent. Choice. We had yeah. Hanukkah candy canes. Oh, because that's the only Great. ones we could find that were the right. Uh, they were like peppermint or whatever. So Great. yeah, Wonderful. they're cool. They were just they. The difference was, I mean, other than like there was a menorah on the cover of the box, like yeah. and a star of David. Other yeah. than that, the only difference was that the stripes were blue and not. I was going to say, were they blue? Yeah. yeah okay. Yes. So, uh, and they were very tasty. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, and I was like, uh, my daughter was like, that's cool. I didn't know they made Hanukkah candy cans. I was like, neither did I. Let's get those. That's awesome. <laughs> I now expect that your hot chocolate turned your tongue blue, but probably um, not enough. Indeed it did. Indeed it did. <laughs> well, because like my daughter was like, we have to use them like stir sticks. Right. So then, yes. Oh, so then, you know, because yeah. then you take, keep taking it out and put it in your mouth yeah, yeah. and then yes, suddenly, boom. So yeah. Yeah. um the one thing i'll say about protospiel online right is this gets into the whole like how do you maintain a physical prototype and a digital prototype at the same time Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which i still struggle with um because i still have online playtesting groups that i'm a part of and in-person playtesting groups that i'm a part of Mm -hmm. um so i sort of constantly during protospiel online find myself um you know, not logging in until noon because I needed to actually digitize my prototype that morning. Cause, um, I always think it'll be quick and it's never quick. It's, it's <laughs> never, never quick. No. Um, but yeah, I had a great welcome to that community. I logged in, I had been like on a flight that got delayed and like had to do something. And I sort of logged in on like a Saturday afternoon for the first time. And like I showed up and looking for a game and someone's like, you're the person with the good kitties game. Can you post that? And so I like my first moments in can I feel online. I was like, I don't know. Can I? How does one post things? What is what? <laughs> what am what I doing? That even? Um, yeah, because I also had been like in a hotel changing my prototype from like uh, TTS to like Tabletopia. And so I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to host a game on Tabletopia. Let's go. Um, but yeah, super welcoming. And, and I love that it's three times a year and that I don't have to travel for it. Um, so would recommend. Yeah. So my thoughts on Protospiel online is I love it. Um, I've been to one, I've played exactly one game. (laughs) It was my game. (laughs) Um, here's, here's the thing for me And, and Heather and I've had actually talked about this multiple times and it's, I think the convention is amazing. I think it does good stuff. I wish that I could be there more. Um, but I have two kids and a wife and now a dog. Well, I used to at that point have a dog and I have a dog again. Um, so like being there while being here is really difficult for me um, because everyone's here. Um, and it's not like I left for a convention. I'm sitting right here. And so for me, that's the hardest part, right? Is, yeah. uh, you know, you saying like, I can go hang out with my family and then I can come back. I really can't um, because by the time everyone goes to bed, uh, either there's stuff to do or I'm just like ready to just 
chill out and not think too hard about something. Um, and I don't want to be the person that pops in all the time and like plays my game and then leaves. Right. Right. Uh, this was a thing where I was like, listen, y'all, I told the BTGers, I was like, I have one game. I would really like to get a test in of it. Um, with a fresh group of people and the test was amazing and totally worth it. Um, and I'm glad that it worked out. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's so, so that's the tough thing for me about it. I will continue to support it. Uh, the last two protospiels, uh, BTG has been a sponsor. Um, you know, and we like working with them. Uh, it just, for me personally, it's tough. Um, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't happen, obviously, which is why we want to support it as best we can. So also like half the people in our discord came because of Heather. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Heather, Heather recruited me, right. Right. Um, right. From protospiel online, then to protospiel Madison. She's like, you gotta do this. So, um, yeah. Um, so back to the in-person one. So now we're coming up on March, um, and, uh, so I went to Unpub in March and I went to PAX East in March, mm -hmm. uh, and they are sort of back to back weekends. Um, so I was super excited for Unpub and it, it did not disappoint. It's another, um, convention that's really good just for playtesting, right? It's a convention for designers. There are mm -hmm. publishers there. Some of them are sort of in like, I'll call it stealth ish mode, right? They're not mm -hmm. walking around with like. A shirt on, like a, their... like a banner behind them. <laughs> they're not like walking around in their like Asmodee shirt or whatever. But like, if you talk to them, they're like, "Oh yeah, I work with insert name of publishing company," and they'll give you your business card. But like, um, some of them were walking around. They had like lists. They'd read ahead, and they're like, "These are the fifteen games that I want to play." Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But Unpub is structured differently than a protospiel. Right. And I think addresses mm -hmm. some of the, some of the things we're talking about. Right. But so for Unpub, you schedule blocks and they're like three or four hour blocks that you reserve a table and it's your table for that entire time to do with what you want. So you can put one game out and play the same thing a bunch of times. You can keep putting out new games. You could, I don't know, just sit on your table and sing a song. I don't know. Probably not. Save your voice. Save your that. Save your voice. That, that was probably frowned upon. Um, uh, but it's it's sort of well advertised in a way that there were a bunch of people walking around who weren't there with their own game designs. Um, so how many of them were game designers versus just like people who play games? It was definitely a mix. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I definitely mm -hmm. had games where everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm a game designer. I'm just I didn't I didn't sign up for this. Um, and then the people who are there as game designers um, but this is not their block. They're wandering around playing games too. Um, mm -hmm. So there's sort of this constant mill of people. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you have the, like, you just put your game out, it's your table. But then there's these, sometimes these weird, like, you now you're looking for play testers, right? You got to like, you got to attract them from the crowd um, and hope that there's enough people there. And And my experience has been that there are enough people there, right? But um, I know that that's not been, that's not always been everyone's experience. Um, but I, I mm -hmm. find, I find that there's tons of play testers and I was sort of constantly going. So for, so for me, there were a number of really great pros to this format. Um, I, I like this format as well as the protospiel one. It's different, um, but I think good in different ways. Um, so the reserve time is great. The, lots of people around to play test is great. Um, I will say that I felt a little bit more okay, not, not trying to tally up like how many games had I played versus how many people had played my games. Right. I, I tried right. to use my time that I wasn't, that I wasn't play testing my stuff to go play other people's, but also if I needed to like go eat something or go, you know, just like decompress for a second, I felt a little bit less, guilty about that right about like not constantly playing other people's games like i was like right i can step away i can go make an update right i can i can call my parents right whatever i need to do um mm -hmm. that was sort of a a really nice thing there i i will say the other thing that is interesting to me is those blocks i i find them exhausting i find myself a, like a little bit like 
yeah. manic at the end of it and like i do need to step outside because i have been going for four hours like that 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 mm-hmm. that 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 that, that. Mm-hmm. i'm like if you tried to have a conversation with me at that moment like i'm probably gonna be way too intense um yeah <laughs> yeah um so i've been going to unpub since it was held in a church basement uh, nice like in delaware in dover delaware and like um, I went to, I went to the last time I went, it was in Baltimore. No, I did go once when it wasn't in Baltimore, when it was in, uh, horse hotel. I went the first year it was in the horse hotel. Um, may it rest in peace. Um, I'm so glad I got to see the horse hotel. <laughs> so, and at that one, no, the one in Baltimore, I actually met someone from Hasbro. They're not with Hasbro anymore. Um, but they looked at one of my games and that was really cool. Um, and that felt really good. Um, so the hardest things for me about Unpub are the things you said at the end of that four hour block, it is so difficult to have gone through that. The, the things I, so the first couple on pubs I went to the first one actually it was cake. Then it was in Baltimore and then it was not cake. Then it was like, whew, this is a lot. And I am really struggling um with this and to be here right like this is um yeah like it was just it was it was a lot um and i just uh the the one in baltimore was so busy like the one that was in baltimore downtown like Mm -hmm. there were so many playtesters that i literally halfway through my block went and hid like Mm -hmm. i left my table and went and hid yeah because it was constant which is a dream if that's what you're trying to do, right? Like if you're trying yeah. to have like all those playtesting moments, which you should, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing, right? After that, I learned things like bring extra games, bring short games, bring long games. Don't let people bully you into playing the game that they like, oh, this, I saw this on the list. I really want to play this. Like if you are done with that, be done with that, yeah. right? Take breaks. When you're done with a game, like if somebody's like, you know, you, it's okay to take, you don't have to feel guilty that there's more play testers that want to play your game. That's awesome. You know, you should let as many people play it as can, but like, don't get, like, don't allow yourself to, to bully yourself into it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love on pub. I took a few years off. I'm super ready to go back. Now it keeps being by my son's birthday and I can't, um, but I will get back at some points um, because I really do love on pub. I support on pub um podcast supports on pub you know like um it was great having a table at um pax this year that was yeah. great it was a great reminder of how much i love on pub and doing things with it um so yeah yeah but it's yeah. it's a lot and there's we could do i we have done whole episodes on advice for unpub and the things you should do one of the things that's really nice is unpub has progressed so much over the years that there are things like i was bring all this extra stuff do all these extra things Unpub has a lot of that covered now, right? Yeah. Um, my favorite Unpub I ever went to, though, was Unpub Midwest, um, which happened one time exactly uh, in <laughs> Grand Rapids, and it was fantastic. It was small, but you still had good playtesters and good good stuff. It was intimate in that you could sit around and just chat with specific people. Um, I loved it, um, and I, I was sad that they didn't get to do that more because it was really great. Yeah, uh, that sounds... That sounds wonderful. I I will say, so um, Unpub has the best snacks and the best uh, mayor for making sure that you are eating. Ben Beagle has fed me cookies uh, at multiple conventions now when he has realized that I have not, I have not stopped to get anything to eat. Um, So it seems to be uh, a common problem with you, Emily. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't stop. It's a, it's a problem. Um, but actually I'm about to be on a panel at NunPub uh, in a couple weeks, or maybe that will be in the past by the time this comes out, uh, talking about how to make the most of a playtesting event. Um, so with, That's uh, really cool. with the unpub NunPub people. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I love it. It's, it's again, I think, I think my extrovert energy is, uh, uh, thrives off of it and like for me protospiel and unpub both are like they're two great flavors that go great together and like one mm-hmm. is lemon and one is chocolate and yes both they're both they both work yeah. for me so. that's cool 
Um, so the next one I went to is PAX East, which is a little bit of a curveball in this. Uh, does have unpub tables. Uh, unpub Alley is at PAX East. Uh, but uh, PAX East is in my backyard, and I've been going to that for like a decade. Um, and I see a lot of people asking whether they should go, like game designers. Should I go to PAX East? Who will I pitch to, right? You know, are there mm-hmm. publishers mm-hmm. there and stuff? And I'm going to throw out my interpretation. Um, so PAX East, and I think most of the PAX insert location uh, conferences, <laughs> conventions, um, are both video games and board games with like a heavy video game tilt to them. So there's a lovely board game library. You don't have to pay and for it with, once you get in, right? Once you pay the ticket to get in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I go and I play board games the whole time, but I know I'm sort of in like that part of the hall, right? It's right, not. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's it is not, not traditional board focused. game convention by any stretch of the imagination. No. Um, and it's awesome that Unpub is there. Unpub has, you know, 10, 12 tables, right? It's not it's not a whole room like in some places. Um, and, and it's great, right? I have done, I did last year do, I had Knitting Circle and Good Kitties at Unpub in the same block uh, mm-hmm. at PAX East. That was, that was a choice I made. Um <laughs> It's <laughs> that was a choice I made. Yeah, I, like I make choices and just live with them. Um, but it's, I mean, there's some publishers kicking around, but I don't think it's going to be a good convention for pitching. Uh, and I think it's an it's a fine convention for playtesting if if you're in Boston and it's easy for you to get to and you know those things. But I, you know. For me, PAX East is a convention I'm going to go to because I love it and it's fun and I go with Eric and we have our traditions and yeah. it's our little yeah, vacation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my plan this year is to not do game design stuff at PAX East. I'm not going to get an unpub table. I am just I, I might stop by Unpub Alley and play some games of my fellow board game designers, um, which I had done before I started designing games. Um, but I'm just going to go for the show. And, and just enjoy it. And I, you know, from people I've talked to, it sounds like, you know, PAX West and PAX wherever, right? They have a similar... PAX wherever. Well, they used to have a PAX South, but I don't think they have a PAX South anymore. So I don't know. There's PAX Prime. There's PAX West. There's PAX East. Uh, that might be it. There's PAX Australia. Again, I'd go to that just for the show because it's in Australia. Um yeah, no, I mean, I think if I was going to go to Australia, I wouldn't go for a board game convention, I'm going to be honest. I'd probably go for Fair. Australia, but um, but, yes. you do, but I would go to Germany for Essen, so there's that. Yes, I, I would too, and I hope to someday. I did not go to Essen this year. That was not on my list. Not on the list? Not on the list? No. no. Yeah, no, didn't make it. So yeah, uh, I've never been to PAX East. I'll probably never go to PAX East. Um, I'd rather go to PAX Unplugged, uh, yes. which you're going to talk about later. Yeah. Um, so next up is Origins. That's in June. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was like Unpub to Electric Boogaloo, right? Like that was just, <laughs> I just, I stayed in the Unpub room, right? I think I walked the hall at one point, but I did literally nothing Origins related except for the Unpub room. Yeah. I did not have a table in the Unpub room, yet I spent almost all of my time in the Unpub room. Hanging out yeah. with you and Roscoe and various other people. It was yeah. splendid. It was wonderful. Um, and I think, you know, for me, I think I talked about this on the episode with Roscoe, right? But um, Unpub, Origins, and then like PAX Unplugged were sort of like the, the tent poles of my year where mm-hmm. I hung out with people from the BTG Discord. I saw some of my Game Makers Guild people. I... I don't know. Right. I met some new people and made some new friends. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think everything I said about Unpub probably pertains to Origins as well, except the food. The food's better at Origins or was. I don't know where Unpub. I know. I mean, I know where Unpub is this year, but I haven't been there to try. I don't know where Unpub is. <laughs> I'm going. Um, but yeah, the ice cream. The, that was the best ice cream. Um, Jenny's. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good old Jenny's. Yeah. So, Unpub for me, I mean, Unpub. 
<laughs> Origins for me. See, that's how I feel about Origins. Origins for me is one of my favorites to go to because it's big enough that everyone seems to be there, but it's small enough that it doesn't feel like everyone's there. You know, yeah. Um, the the vendor hall is usually pretty spaced out. It's a decent mm-hmm. amount of stuff in there. It's fun to look at, but it's not like overwhelming like Gen Con is. Um, and I just really, really enjoy, like, just enjoy going and being there with people, you know, getting food with people. It's, it's just easy to hang out at origins. It's so easy to hang out at origins. Um, so origins, one of my favorites, sadly, I will not be able to go this year, um, because I'm going on a big family vacation, which is going to be better. And I have no regrets. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, but I do love me some origins big time. Yeah. And I think that, I think that your point about the size is sort of spot on. Um, it, it's a, bigger convention but it also feels small in a lot of ways um Mm -hmm. i i will probably go to origins this year uh i have considered whether i want to get like a booth in the hall not to sell but to like have my game out and just be constantly sort of demoing building a mailing list and stuff like that i've um i i've talked to other folks who that's how they sort of built up their Mm -hmm. mailing list they Mm -hmm. got it they got a they got a booth and they just demoed um i don't know if there's enough traffic through the hall i know i've talked to some folks who had booths there that were trying to sell and they were sort of saying it wasn't the greatest convention for selling i've Um, heard that too in booths i think have gone up in price too which doesn't help um booths used to be a little bit more affordable i think i I could be misspeaking and that could have been 10 years ago for all i know (laughs) right yeah um what do you think of origins for pitching? Hmm. I, I think origins is the type of place you still want to set up meetings ahead of time because it's busy enough that that matters. But overall, yeah, I think that origins is a decent place to pitch. Um, again, it's smaller. It's easier. Um, because anytime a convention is smaller, but publishers are there, it's going to be easier to pitch at. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is, you know? Um, so yeah, no, I think origins is decent for pitching. Um, there's less opportunities for sure than a Gen Con, um, as -hmm. in just people, the number of publishers there. Um, but no, I've, I've had some successful pitches at, uh, origins for sure. So yeah. How about you? I, I, so I didn't pitch at origins i tried to catch up with a couple of publishers and and i did i met some publishers there um either that i had met that i talked to online before and so i met them in person or like um i met a publisher there who i had sort of we were ships in the night at unpub um but i will say i felt like there was a lot more for me sort of natural interaction with publishers at unpub itself um in part because not how it used to be right (laughs) But yeah. yeah, that is how it yeah. is for sure. Um, yeah, in part because they're sort of walking around a little bit incognito. Um, and in part because they don't have a booth that they're working, right? They can just right. yeah. be there to play games. And that's what they're there for. Um, that's, I was really quick to say, that's always been one of my super hesitations of approaching publishers and booths. I know you can do it. I've railed against it before, just like literally been like, what a bad idea. Don't do that. And I've, I'm wrong. Like I get why it's worth doing that, but I also, I don't like doing it because I feel like publishers are at big conventions to make money, right? Cause they need to make money to stay afloat. And I don't want to get in the way of them making money. Um, like I said, I used to be very harsh about the whole thing. I was like, Oh no, it's awful. Don't ever do that. And, and I don't agree with that stance anymore because I do see people have success with it. It's not my thing. I don't like doing it. It makes me uncomfortable. Again, not an extrovert. Um, unpub. What's so great about that for pitches is just that, um, uh, yeah, the publishers just walking around. They have no, they are literally there to play in scout games. That's why they're yep. there. Maybe they're there to test a game if they're, you know, also doing their own stuff. But I mean, in general, they're there to play and test games. And that is a huge win for designers for yeah. sure. Yeah. And there's, there's some good mixers. They've got it set up that like, it felt, it was very well organized, right. In terms of actually getting people to meet other people. Um, 
there were some good little, you know, meet each other party game icebreaker type things that worked really well. Um, but yeah, so Origins, uh, yeah, it, for me, it was the unpub room, right? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, w- I will probably be back, though, this year because I do have a ticket through the Horizon Fellow. So I'm almost certainly going this year because I already have right, the bad. Right, right. <laughs> um, if I ever can go to Origins, I'll almost always go because I just really enjoy the people interactions there more than anything. That, to me, is the most important part, for sure. Yeah. So then we hit Gen Con. Gen oh, Con. Gen Con. Um, I've now been to Gen Con twice. The first time I went in 22, I had so much fun. Uh, for those who are following along in the Discord, the second time I went in 23, I did not have a lot of fun. <laughs> not afterwards, especially. No, and then I got COVID. Um, uh, which is not Gen Con's fault. That's, I'm sure, and Emily's fault. But uh, I yeah, think Yeah, I what will I... point out that I wore a mask yeah, pretty much the whole time. Uh, and also hung out with you a crap ton. Yeah, I did not get COVID. Just saying, like, I I wouldn't have been exposed by you because you were just right. getting exposed there. But we very well could have been exposed at the same time. Right. And I wasn't. And I just so, wasn't yeah. wearing a mask. Um, yeah, I, I've thought long and hard about what I liked about Gen Con the first time and what I didn't like about Gen Con the second time. And I think my theory is that for me, Gen Con is really good for playing published games and that's not what i did i tried to turn gen con into unpub and protospiel right mm-hmm. i did a whole bunch of playtesting with the first exposure playtest hall which has a different setup for playtesting that for me just didn't work as well um and also it, cost prohibitive yeah. for most of us like yes it's just like you know i mean it's it's not cheap for sure. It's a lot more expensive um, than than an unpub table, right? And and you had a lot less freedom with it, right? It was only two hours, but really it was only sort of like an hour to an hour and a half of actual playtesting time, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you had to wait to get your playtesters and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so I tried to do that, and so it's not for me. It's not a playtesting convention. And I think that was part of my challenge going in. I, I tried to make it something it wasn't. Well, that's um, what you and, wanted and what you needed, right? Right, but and that's not what you were going to get. So, but I think I also need. I think I also need to play published games, right? And I think instead right, right. of backing eighteen hundred Kickstarters in a year, which I didn't back that many, right? But I I got a little Kickstarter happy. Um, instead, I can just go wander around the Gen Con hall for four days and just see what's happening right see what's up and mm-hmm. coming and next and stuff like that and and i think if i was to go back again which i am um <laughs> i'll talk about that in a second uh it would be with a different mindset right that this is not for play testing this is for connecting with people that i know like you in the evenings and stuff like that and doing some good research and you know things like that um but i also did mm-hmm. a bunch of networking events that didn't that didn't make me happy they were um they just weren't sort of the same sort of organic networking that I'd been doing at, at Unpub right. and Origins. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, for me, Gen- so I've been Gen Con is the oldest, longest convention I've been going to. I, I went to Gen Con the first time in 2004. So um, nice. not as a game designer. I, did, I went several years before I was designing games. Uh, it's one of the things that led me towards designing games. Um, but really, like... It's just over the years, Gen Con has gotten bigger and bigger. Um, and I like it less and less every year. Um, every year, I think maybe this is the last time I go, you know, and, and you point out like, well, you know, it's not a playtesting convention. It's not right. Um, finding open tables is the worst thing to do at Gen Con. It's <laughs> awful. I hate it. They have it set up in a way that makes it difficult to find good open tables in a place where you can really play. You can walk like a mile, it feels like, to go get to some open gaming tables. Um, it's just not it's just not great. And I just don't like it. Um that said, uh it's Gen Con. I do love Gen Con because yeah. of the of it's just there's like this 
tradition and history for me now that I'm a tradition, like a tradition, personal tradition, right? Like that's what I always do. I always go. And for many years, I never missed it. Um, but, but in reality, like I just, I don't really want to go anymore, but I'm probably going to because I get good meetings there. Um, and those are useful and those are helpful. Um, but like beyond that, I mean, I, I can't just go to play games. I just can't. It's too expensive. Like it's the yeah. most expensive convention I go to and I drive there. Yeah. Like, how stupid <laughs> is that? Right. Now it was cheaper this year because we made it a family vacation and we camped, which was, I don't remember how much we, I think we probably spent $500 at the camp, like on a campground because it was a very nice campground. Um, but also just very expensive to camp there. Um, and I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it that way rather than me staying in a hotel somewhere. It meant, you know, uh, taking an Uber out to a campground late at night, which was weird. But you know what? I didn't <laughs> mind that so much. Um, I just, I don't know. There's just something about Gen Con that's just not clicking for me anymore. And I, I think it's all the people. I think it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And everyone is so overscheduled at Gen Con that yeah. I mostly find myself wandering around with no one. Like wandering around with no friends. Because like... It, there's no meetup place. There's no place for us to get together. There's no, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I've ranted about this on the show before, but like, I just find myself less and less interested in going to Gen Con. And at some point I'm going to stop, but I don't know when. So yeah. that's facts. Yeah. I, my plan sort of when I did the postmortem on this year was to not go to Gen Con next year. Cause it is, so close to origins which is the other thing that's stressful i feel like i don't have enough time to sort of synthesize what i learned at origins and bring it into the next version of my prototypes mm -hmm. and stuff which i guess if that's i'm not fair. play testing doesn't matter um but uh i am probably going back this year because i have a game that is getting published and is going to have a demo table in the hall and so that publisher yeah has offered to bring me along and I'll, I'll work the booth for half a day each day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. My game. Right. Uh, and so that, that feels like a new experience that's worth having. Um, I plan to not schedule anything for the rest of the time. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I'm hoping to find uh, someone or someones who want to split an Airbnb or something with me to try and save some money um, or, or, or maybe I'll, I don't know, maybe I'll do the publisher thing where they've got rooms with multiple people in it. I, I don't know. I'll figure something out, but. Don't um, do that. You are I too, don't do that. too old for that. I don't mean that in a negative way. No, no, no. I'm don't do that. that. It is the worst. Yeah. The worst thing. If somebody told me, Jason, you can go to Gen Con free. We'll pay for everything. We'll pay for literally everything. Your <laughs> ticket, your food, everything. We'll buy stuff for you there. But you have to stay in a room with three other people that you didn't come with? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm done. I won't. I would sleep on the street before I did that. Like, I just, it's... I need my own room. I need to no. be able to shut a door and just have, like, a moment to myself. So, um... For me, conventions are incredibly overwhelming. And Gen Con is the pinnacle of that overwhelmingness. And, yeah. like, I just need to be able to, like, to be able to, like just have time to decompress at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Um, and you don't get that with other people. I get that with my family. I go back, see my kids for a few minutes. They go to bed. And then my wife and I just sit outside by the campfire and it's lovely. It was oh, that's, great. That's it was really great. It was really great. Yeah. 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 So. So yeah, Gen Con, I would not recommend a play testing convention, but yeah, I do think that the pitch meetings are good. There seem to be lots of them. Everyone seems to be set up to have them um but they're real busy and they're they seem real short right like i had some meetings that were mm -hmm. you know 15 minutes which is great right um what is the speed had, pitching come on yeah um well uh not to get sidetracked but i actually think like the unpub speed pitching the online speed pitching is a brilliant opportunity and i absolutely loved that and i kind of like i feel I, I wasn't like the only way I want pitching. to do it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I was knocking like speed pitching when it's not speed pitching. Yes, <laughs> but feels like speed pitching. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so, so Gen Con is a, a maybe not for me, but um, that sort of takes me all the way through to the fall to PAX Unplugged, which is at the same mm-hmm. time as Protospiel Madison, which I finally got to PAX Unplugged this year. And uh, PAX Unplugged for me was Unpub 3 electric trees i don't know i don't know what rhymes with unpub three uh so so yeah once again the unpub room was the center of of my time the building of the game folks were the center of my attention i felt like there was more i got out of the unpub room more um than i did at like unpub uh and then i did at origins there was more on the floor to do we all got out for dinner most nights right there was just it felt a little bit more balanced to me mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that origins didn't um and origins was wonderful and like i said would go again um but in some ways it felt it, it felt like richer and more rounded and i could do a bunch of things uh with my time there um yeah yeah pax unplugged is is one of my favorite conventions ever um it was great this time. I shared an Airbnb with Julio. The Airbnb was not great, but Julio was great. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was just really, it was really good. Um, we got to see a lot of people. I got to have a lot of one-on-one time with people. That was my favorite thing was that I got a lot of one-on-one time with different people that I don't normally get it with. Mm-hmm. Um, the group outings were awesome too, but like those one-on-one moments where you can just hang out with somebody, even for like 15 minutes, you know, um, where you like grab a, like there were more than one time where I grabbed a bite to eat and the other person was not. And they just hung out with Roscoe and I sat there and I don't think Roscoe ate anything, but I did. And we just sat there and chatted for a bit. And it was fantastic. Like catching up with people like that. Um, PAX Unplugged will always be a priority for me now. I think uh, as long as everyone else is still going, if other people yeah. like from our discord and our group stop going, then I will not go. I don't see that happening because we all like to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I agree, right? And so I think um my I don't know how to differentiate between PAX Unplugged and Unpub and sort of as my top slot of all the stuff I went to. Um I think it's probably PAX Unplugged just because that's got um a little like I said it's got a little bit more of a uh rounded feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. But really, mm-hmm. I think I think if I had to cut down my conventions, I'd be like, I must go to PAX Unplugged and I must go to Unpub. Those were the ones that that for me resonated the most. Um, I think if I think my next is probably Origins uh, mm-hmm. for that same sort of reason, um, and I'd want to, you know, if Protospiel Madison ever deconflicts, I would I would then sort of put that or sort of any Protospiel because I think they've got a lot of um a lot of mm-hmm. them there is not there are none in new england so maybe i'll start protospiel boston someday um which will be the most expensive protospiel <laughs> it will it will i will not be there i'm sorry yeah, could you pick a more expensive it'll be like protospiel worcester um and we'll just call it like protospiel new england and and it'll be fine and you'll fly into boston and then drive two hours you should be boston you should call it like wicked spiel like... wicked spiel Yes, that's what we're gonna make. We're gonna um, make Wicked Spiel. Uh, I think for me, Pax Unplugged is my favorite. Um, one that we didn't mention uh, that I go to every year is Grand Con. Oh yeah, um, that's my local one. It's one of my favorite cons. Uh, lots of people there uh, that I know. Um, there were not as many this year. Um, I also wasn't there as long, so it was probably me. Um, next year, I hope to spend more time there. This year, the scheduling just didn't work out, so I drove there for one day. Uh, which was great. I got to see a bunch of people, but um, it wasn't enough. Next year, I will be there for the whole time. Um, and then, uh, but I think, yeah, PAX, if I can only go to one next year, it would be PAX Unplugged. Then probably Grand Con. Um, I can't count Origins or Unpub because I can't make them this, this year. I said yeah. next year, but I mean this year. Um, I'm sure I'll go to Gen Con, mostly just because my family is going to be there again. And yeah, I just feel bad not going to Gen Con. Um Oh, but I have to go to Gen Con because I think uh, I think my game will be out. I think Terran and Og will be out at Gen Con, Sweet. so I'll be doing demos and stuff or All right. running games. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, so I I did sign up for that, so I do have to do that. Yeah. Well, here's hoping <laughs> Which that I'm our booth really schedule. excited about. So yes. 
here's hoping that our booth schedules aren't completely separate from each other such that we'd be able to like both work a booth and then be like hey want to go get a bite or i'll be like i'm leaving the hall and you're like i'm starting (laughs) oh no i don't i generally won't work at booths during the con because i'm just not good at it um the most i've ever done in a booth of late is an hour in the booth signing games and doing a couple demos uh for no context i'm running games i'm gonna run two games a day uh nice two days that's it so uh, I don't like to overcommit at Gen Con because uh, because Gen Con's too much for me a lot of times, yeah. and so overcommitting is uh, is not good for me. So I try not to do that. You know. Yep. Yeah. I feel that uh, that was a mistake I made this year. So, um, but yeah, and then I I continue this journey with Gamma. Um, so I'm going to Gamma in March for the first time. Ah, um, you are. <laughs> running a booth, doing all the things. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard that it's really great for sort of networking and making industry connections. It's primarily in the past been uh, publishers and retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everything I've heard is people are great. They're very open. They're very, it's it's a very relaxed and casual sort of vibe. Uh, so I'm happy to report back on how that goes. Um, but it does look like they're making moves to bring more designers um, in. And this year they're having a designer day on the Sunday before the expo opens. Um, and so I will be there for that. I'm flying in on Saturday, hopefully with all of my luggage that everything fits correctly into. Um, or I'll be, you know, getting an Uber to the Lowe's to try and buy myself some a step ladder or something. But um yeah. So you were going to say some lumber. You're like, I need to request an Uber truck, please. <laughs> an Uber pickup. No, I've got a, I've got a problem with my booth where I need to hang something at the top of the 10 foot uh, pipe and drape system. And I'm, I can't reach 10 feet tall and I don't know how I'm going to do this. So we're going to, I don't know if I'm going to stand on a folding table or we're going to like circus lift me up to the top. Uh, we'll see. You have training for that. I do, but I need a second person who has training. Uh, not, I don't know, not but a I thing can guarantee that'll be there for you. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, excited to see how that goes. Excited to see what the designer day is about. Um, and happy to report back if that's interesting uh, when I'm done. Very cool. Very cool. I wish you luck with that because I know that's going to be a tough one. And uh, yeah, 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 for sure. It's also very long. Like I'm going to be there doing stuff Sunday through Thursday night, right? That's five days. That's, that's a lot. That's long. That is a lot, a lot. That's long. That is longer than I honestly would want to be at a convention. I'm not going to lie. Like I, mm -mm, yeah, hard pass. Yeah. So we'll see. Awesome. Well, that is a good convention review. Um, I'm sure plenty of uh, builders uh, have opinions on that. I would love to hear their opinions in the Discord. Um, but before we get to all that jazz, you're going to pitch a game. I am going to pitch a game. It's had a whopping two play tests so far. Oh, it's um, done. Basically done. You should be pitching that. Done. Boy. Done. Um, the game is called Weft. Um, and uh, I, I feel like it's fun to say. Um, and when Heather was calling it out on Protospiel Online on the live stream. She's like, weft, weft, weft. And I was like, <laughs> this is great. This is this is fun to say. Um, it's, are you ready for this? I'm ready for it's this. It's a textile arts game. What? <laughs> I know. I I've actually thought maybe cold. it wasn't, but I was, <laughs> I was fooled because it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a game about weaving. Um, and I think it's gonna, oh, okay. yeah. And I know okay. Justin's working on a weaving game and I, I hope they are wildly different. Uh, but it's, uh, <laughs> I, I basically challenged myself to, I was like, you will design a game that only uses cards, <laughs> it's only cards. Um, and so all the cards are like a, a cross, like a, like a plus sign where mm-hmm. one color, one color going vertically and a different color going horizontally, although some mm-hmm. of them are the same color. But you're basically trying to build a board where all of it. So stepping back in weaving, you have the warp and the weft. 
which are the two, the rows and the columns, essentially, um, mm-hmm. where the warp is the column and the weft is the row. And so you have your your warp set um, with strings and then you weave the weft through it um, in like rows and then you batten it down to squish it all together. Um, and that's how you create woven fabrics. Um, and so, yeah. So, so I'm playing with the idea of you have to sort of lay the rows out as you go. Right. Cause you can't like, mm-hmm. again, like knitting, you can't build the top and then slot the middle in it sort of, it falls in like Tetris in some ways. Yeah, um, that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so you are trying to do this. The first game I played was uh, competitive and that felt weird. Um, and so the second game that I played at Protospiel Online was cooperative. Of It's a game of cooperative weaving. Um, and I'm sure there's some sort of good tagline in there of, you know, weaving friendships or something. Um, but <laughs> you could tell weaving victory. <laughs> um, but yeah, so right now the mechanics, are the, the gameplay is sort of everyone has cards um, and you have to slot them in such that your your warp and your weft are all all the right colors. So you can't have like, your warp is set ahead of time. It's just red, yellow, green, blue, purple, because it's a rainbow, because mm-hmm. of course it is. Um, and then as you slot your cards in, all of my games are rainbow, rainbow string. That should just be the name of my, my game line. Um, and so you slot your cards in and you can put mismatching cards in, but you have to fix them in order to sort of meet the objectives. And I'm trying to make the deck of cards be the countdown timer. So you have to have, have met the weaving objectives before you run out of, um, I want to call it string, but I'm sure it's not string. It's whatever, whatever you weave with thread, wool. I don't know. (laughs) You weave thread, don't you? I think so. I want to call it string. It's not string. Thread seems right. Yeah, I think it's embroidery thread. Yeah. Well, not embroidery thread. No, that's embroidery. (laughs) That's a different game. (laughs) Right. That's cross stitch. Um, So, so yeah, it, it was a good, it was, it took a little long and I was, you know, I told them, I was like, I think it'll maybe take 45 minutes. And we hit like 40 and I was like, all right, guys, we can, we can stop. And, um, the playtester was like, I think it was Heather. She was like, but I have a really good turn next. Can we I don't keep going? Stop. And there's, a, there's this like thing of you've got it almost right. And then there's one card that's the wrong colors that you just, you have to fix it. Right. So there's something that's mm-hmm. very compelling about wanting to get it just right, or at least for a certain type of player. (laughs) No, I am, I am certain type of player. When I played cross stitch, it was all about like, how do I make this perfect? And my mind was perfect. Like I literally made mine perfect when we played it. And then I was like, I don't know that this is good because I didn't care about points. I just cared about making it perfect. (laughs) Yes. I don't know if this is good or not. Yeah. So, so I'm working on a game where the primary objective is to make it perfect um, with some, some amount of flexibility, um, as you go. And so starting to explore some like asymmetric powers and, you know, things like that, to um, make it, I, but I'm excited. I'm excited about co-op. I think co-op is going to be good. I think it'll help turn some of my slightly brain burny, um, fabric stuff into like a collective brain burn, which maybe, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which maybe will feel more cozy. Maybe if your brains are burning together, it's cozy. It's like (laughs) a bonfire. I've created a brain bonfire for you. That doesn't sound good, Emily. That sounds bad. You and your wife like to sit by the bonfire. You just said that. Not a brain bonfire. What? (laughs) Okay. I, I may need to revisit the cozy episode and better understand what is a cozy game. What sounds cozy about a brain bonfire? Fire. No. No. No, no, no. Like that's not how this fire. works. That's not how any of this works. Campfires are cozy, right? Yes, Marshmallows. Fires are decidedly not cozy. First of all, the smell, I have to imagine, is awful. <laughs> and second of all, no. Could you roast marshmallows over a brain fire? Is that 
Not Are you a zombie you now? <laughs> I don't do zombie games. That's not my jam. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, play Weft. <laughs> also, the title is interesting, but like as somebody who was born in the like you know who's Gen X, uh, like I just think of Elmer Fudd like saying Wabbit in Weft. <laughs> Where's the Wabbit? He Weft. Like that's really like, all that's in my head about it. <laughs> I have um, Family Guy with the cool whip. Cool whip. Whip. Cool whip. Cool whip. <laughs> yeah. That's how you do it much better than I do. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's I've where seen I'm, that clip so many times from Graham Norton where like he keeps repeating it. Cool whip. <laughs> Say cool. Cool. Say whip. Whip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even watch that show. I, I, I've seen enough like clips of it. Like I don't I think I've ever sat down and watched an actual full episode of that show. You know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it is. It is one of those shows that is so awful, yet it makes me laugh sometimes, and I feel bad about that. Yeah, I, I just love how it. it I mean, there's lots of things I don't like about it, but I have watched it and laughed hilariously. Uh, but like the whole like this is a gag that is funny, and we do it too long, and it is not funny anymore. But we keep doing it, and it becomes <laughs> funny again. And I'm like. God, that shouldn't work, but it gets me every time. I, I, I do agree. There was something I saw recently. Oh, it was it was uh, a clip, and it was Peter trying to put um, Saran wrap on something. And he's like, Saran wrap never works, you know. Like, and he's like, nah. um, but um, like, and like he's trying to put it on, and he just keeps tearing pieces, and then they wad up, and he tries that, and it's literally like two minutes and it's funny for the first 15 seconds but by the end it is so awkward that it's funny again and you you mean you're not wrong so seth mcfarland was he was on graham norton and he he was talking about he was like when he was doing the cool hip thing he was like it's basically just all old vaudeville stuff that's been recycled to be updated that's literally all most of my gags are so yeah i can respect that all right well, All right. let's call it, I think, probably yes. after that note. <laughs> um, but hey, listeners, I really hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation. I hope you found some information out about cons. And like I said, if you've got your own opinions, throw those out there uh, in the Discord. Uh, you can go to buildinggamepodcast.com. There you can find a link to our Discord. You can email us, buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also find uh, Emily um, online at all the places as... Emily keeps kitties. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, I think it'd be funny if you didn't have cats personally, like I would like, you know, (laughs) only in my mind. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, but of course keep coming back every single week and listen to our scatterbrain conversations that don't make sense most of the time. Uh, and until that, until that happens again, Good night. <laughs> Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. The end of the episode, that's when it technically ends.